Yo, what's good, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Ball with Tyler Todd. Thank you for tuning in. In today's episode, we're going to do something really special this time. I have decided to do a fantasy draft and combine all of my favorite football players and make the ultimate dream team. This will only contain players who are currently in the league, though. So sorry to all the old timers out there and all the Hall of Famers. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pretend I'm the general manager and I have the jurisdiction to draft, own the team, move the team, everything. So as general manager, I buy the Chargers from the, <laughs> from the Spanos family. I move them back to San Diego. And in the quarterback room, I draft Justin Herbert. So my quarterback, reigning, reigning rookie of the year, Herbert is currently my favorite quarterback in the league and just had an outstanding rookie year. With this pick, I now have solidified the quarterback position for the franchise. We can now build around him and give him some weapons. Now for my first running back on my depth chart, I am picking former second rounder Derrick Henry out of Alabama. Two-time pole bowler, two-time NFL rushing leader, two-time NFL rushing touchdowns leader, NFL Offensive Player of the Year, former Heisman winner, and member of the 2000 Rushing Yard Club. That only has eight members. Henry is my pick for number one back on my fantasy ultimate team. Henry was a stud at Alabama and his game fully translated to the NFL. He is extremely physical, can run between the tackles, and easily can have 25 to 30 carries a game. Even at 6'3", 247 pounds, the dude ran a 4.54 at the combine. Call him a locomotive, a choo-choo train, if you will. If you aren't sold yet, look at this stat line from 2020. 378 carries, 2,027 rushing yards, 17 rushing touchdowns, and average 5.4 yards per carry. Henry and Chris Johnson are the only two Titans to rush for over 2,000 yards in Titans history. That is elite company. Now, the second running back on my depth chart is Alvin Kamara. The former third rounder, four-time pole bowler, NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, and only the second player in NFL history to score six touchdowns in a single game. His game is so legit, it blows my mind. A change of pace back who is very elusive, talented in the passing game, and has electric speed, Kamara is an easy choice to have as my number two back. Talking about his mechanics and skills... He is the best receiving back in the NFL, no question, and every year he's been in the league, he has had over 500 receiving yards and over 80 catches in each season. Mind you, this is a running back, over 80 catches in each season. Some starting wide receivers don't even do that, so put that in perspective, it's incredible. He is extremely productive in all parts of the game, which is why he is so special. Although he has never reached over 1,000 rushing yards in his career and never over 200 carries in a season... He is still putting up great numbers for rushing. Not once has he had a season under 700 rushing yards. Looking at another amazing season, check these 2020 stats out. 187 carries, 932 rushing yards, 16 rushing touchdowns, average 5 yards per carry. In the passing game, 83 receptions, 756 receiving yards, 5 receiving touchdowns, and average 9.1 yards per catch. A total of 21 touchdowns from him alone. And I'm telling you, he seriously is so underrated. The NFL always spends time talking about Christian McCaffrey and Ezekiel Elliott and James Conner. Like, dude, give give Kamara some recognition. He's an absolute beast in the backfield. Ugh. Anyway, 
Moving on to another skill position, we have the wide receiver group. My number one receiver I would draft is Julio Jones. Where do I even begin with this dude? Our generation's best receiver, no doubt. Julio is an animal on the field and is sometimes virtually impossible to stop. The seven-time Pro Bowler, two-time NFL receiving yards leader, has been absolutely outstanding in his 10-year career in Atlanta. Some notable records of his, he is the fastest player to reach 10,000 receiving yards, he is the all-time leader in receiving yards and receptions for Atlanta, and his career average of 96 yards per game is the highest in the NFL. 96 yards a game, that is crazy. Almost averaging 100 yards a game, that is lethal. At 6'3", 220 pounds and running a 4'3", Julio Jones is seriously a freak of nature. He actually reminds me a lot of Calvin Johnson. A big physical receiver who can catch anything in his range and wins every jump ball. Looking at each season in the league for Julio Jones, he's only had three seasons under 1,000 receiving yards, which is so insane to look at. 2015, though, was his best season by far. 136 receptions. 1,871 receiving yards, 8 touchdowns, and averaged 13.8 yards per catch. I don't think anyone would disagree with me on this pick at number one for receiver. People may say Devontae Adams right now, best receiver in the league, but I personally think Julio Jones is the best receiver in the league right now and will go down as one of the best to play the game. Now, wide receiver number two on the depth chart, circling back to another charger, my boy Keenan Allen. Ooh, so nasty. Four-time Pro Bowler, he is arguably the best route runner in the league and has great hands for possession receptions and solid legs for separation. He's not really known for being a physical receiver. He is more elegant, and you can see he's very technical with the way he approaches the game. His footwork is unmatched, body control is superb, and like I said earlier about his separation, his route running is so crispy and smooth. He holds an awesome record, which is the most receptions through a player's first 100 games which he did in 99 games, beating out former leader Antonio Brown, who was at one point regarded as the best receiver in the league. Keenan has been a standout receiver for a third-round pick. One season I would like to look at is 2017. 102 receptions, 1,393 receiving yards, six touchdowns, and averaged 13.7 yards per catch. In this wide receiver group for just only two, Julio Jones is the bruiser, and Keenan Allen is the finesse. Looking at the next set of skill position players, our tight end group, I would draft George Kittle as my number one tight end, arguably the best tight end in the league right now. The two-time Pro Bowler has been very good in his four seasons as a 49er. Let's also not forget that he was a fifth rounder. I swear, give me a scouting job and I will find all these legit players. Like, how do these insanely talented guys get drafted so late, then turn out to be absolute monsters. Mm, I don't know, Tom Brady, sixth round pick, the GOAT of all quarterbacks. Mm, Cam Chancellor, fifth rounder, one of the best safeties to ever play the game. Come on, people, you got one job. Blows my mind. Anyway, Kittle does everything a tight end should. Blocks effectively in the run and pass game and makes the mismatch catches. What makes him different from counterpart tight end Travis Kelsey Kelsey is used primarily as a receiving offensive tight end while also mixing in parts of his blocking game and excels more at the offensive game. Kittle, on the other hand, is extremely productive at both. Kittle is also 6'4", 250, so a huge, a huge dude. 
This is any size matchup nightmare for any quarterback, safety, and linebacker. 2018 was his best season by far. 88 receptions, 1,377 passing yards, 5 touchdowns, and averaged 15.7 yards per catch. Now, the second tight end on my depth chart is Zach Ertz. The three-time Pro Bowler has been solid through seven years, but recently was just sent packing from Philadelphia where he had spent all of his career. Now a free agent, Zach Ertz personally to me is a top five tight end in the league. He is a difference maker on offense and will be an immediate upgrade for any team that needs tight end help. The thing with Ertz, he never really has put up flashy numbers, but to me, he has always been in my top list and many others as well. Another big tight end at 6'5 and 250 pounds, he has the package for any NFL tight end. I like him as the second tight end on this team rather than the first. Kittle and Kelsey are obviously more talented than him, but he has number one tight end capabilities written all over him. In Philly's Super Bowl year, Ertz had a career year. 116 receptions, 1,163 receiving yards, 8 touchdowns, and averaged 10 yards per catch. <clears throat> so that is all of our skill position players. We got some talented guys at all the spots. Now, looking at the most underrated roles on any football team are the offensive linemen. This is what I played in high school, baby. So starting off at left tackle is Taylor Luan. Three-time Pro Bowler at 6'7", 307 pounds. Luan has been the cornerstone of a highly respected Titans run offense that includes running back Derrick Henry, who is on this ultimate fantasy team. He has been very consistent in his six-year career on pro football focus. So I'm going to abbreviate throughout the rest of this. PFF is going to be a pro football focus for anyone listening so you understand. So on PFF, pro football focus, his pass blocking grades have ranged between 78.6 to 85.3. In the previous season, he allowed one or no pressures in 75% of his snaps in the regular season. Also, Luan is a no-nonsense type of lineman, and he'll let you know that right away. Any player that gets too physical with his quarterback or running back, he will mix it in, and he will get up right up in there, right up in your face and grab your pads and shake you up. Type, he's a dog. He's the type of left tackle you need on your team. At the left guard position, I would pick Quentin Nelson. Three-time Pro Bowler already, Nelson is seriously the best guard in the NFL, and it's not even close. His PFF grade of 90 over his first two seasons is the highest amongst all guards currently in the league, and he's equally dominant in both pass protection and run blocking. He is the main reason why the Colts' run game has been so effective the past two seasons. Nelson is only 24, and he's only going to get better, and if the Colts do not sign him for life, I would be blown away. Looking at the center position now, I would take Jason Kelsey four-time Pro Bowler, and it honestly is crazy to think that he is now regarded as the best center in the league because we've had some really good ones. The Pouncey Twins used to be used to roam that talk of being the best centers, but they both retired. Rodney Hudson is good, who I'm about to mention. Hudson does have the slight edge on him in the passing game. I personally like Kelsey's game more. He has a natural ability to get out in space and can just maul players every single down. Kelsey's 94.1 run blocking grade from PFF over the past three seasons is currently the highest of all league centers. Now, looking at the right guard position, I have Zach Martin, another talented guard. 
Six-time Pro Bowler. Martin has been a beast every single year. Not joking. Every single year he has produced huge numbers at the guard position. In the last six seasons, his 93.8 pass blocking grade from PFF trails only Josh Sitton for all current guards in the NFL. Also, looking back at his rookie year, so 22 years old, his 82.6 PFF grade was fifth amongst all guards in the NFL, and he has finished as one of the top five highest graded guards in the league each season. A 22-year-old coming in his rookie year, and he finished fifth against all guards in the league. That is that is wild how talented he is. And just like Quentin Nelson, they both came from Notre Dame. Finishing up the O-lineman, we have our right tackle, Lane Johnson. Three-time Pro Bowler, Johnson has been another great, consistent tackle and one of the best in the league. In 2019, he produced an 88.8 PFF grade, which was ranked second in the NFL. His run block grade of 92.6 was the best the league had seen since Joe Staley had a similar grade in 2012. He's only ranked outside of the top 10 in run blocking once. Just like Luan, they have been consistent and very reliable at the tackle position, which is extremely important when drafting tackles in the NFL. So that wraps up the offensive side of the ball. I decided to give this offense the description of ground and pound with explosive deep threats in the passing game. And I will do the same for defense as I give it a name as well. So moving on to defense, this is a physical pass rush with elite coverage skills. At my left end or left defensive end, I have Joey Bosa, another charger on this list. I know, not biased. He's he's so good. Three-time Pro Bowler. NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year in 2016. He legit is so scary at this defensive end spot, and he wreaks havoc every single game. He is the definition of relentless. Known for being an extremely physical defensive end, he has a pass rush plan that includes a long arm jab and his patented hand swipe and rip move. 2017 was where he showcased these moves effectively. 54 solo tackles, 16 assisted, 13 sacks, four forced fumbles, 21 QB hits, and 11 tackle for losses. A tactician of the game, he is already one of the best DNs in football at the age of 25 and will only continue to grow. Looking at the first interior D lineman on this team that I would pick, I have chosen Fletcher Cox. The six-time Pro Bowler and Super Bowl champ is one of my personal favorites at the interior D lineman position. At 6'4", 310 pounds, he is physical, an extremely talented run defender, and also a very good pass rusher, which is indeed rare to see an interior D lineman. So, not rare. That's not really the word I'm looking for. Rather so, it's usually the skill that comes second when evaluating D linemen. When you, value, when you evaluate them, you look at, can you stuff the run, disrupt any play up the middle, or get your hands up in the passing game? Those are what we're looking at. The DNs are usually the ones that get all the sack credits. So, it's awesome to see an interior D lineman get in the backfield. It really is. Fletcher has shown, though, he can be two-dimensional as a D lineman. In 2015, he had 50 solo tackles, 21 assisted, 9.5 sacks, 3 forced fumbles, 20 QB hits, and 11 tackle for losses. Even though he just turned 30, Cox is one of the best at his position. Now looking at the other interior D lineman on this team, Aaron Donald, I, he, he just have to put him on this list. 7-time Pro Bowler, NFL Sacks Leader in 2018. NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year in 2014, and three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year. 
Donald is undeniably the best at his position. The funny thing is, coming out of Pittsburgh, he was doubted as being too small for the position. I understand the speculation because he is only 6'1", which you probably would only see in a running back or a cornerback. But needless to say, he has thrown all that crap out the window and has been dominant every single year, to say the least. Donald, like Bosa, has a very special move he uses to blast through linemen. His arm over technique is absolutely incredible, which he uses to push down any lineman's hands, then swipes his other arm over to send any lineman to the ground. He has the ability to cause destruction in every part of the game. It is honestly weird seeing a guy at 6'1 have that much speed and strength for an interior Dean lineman. His 2018 season was absolutely wild. 41 solo tackles, 18 assisted tackles, 20 and a half sacks, 4 forced fumbles, 41 QB hits, and 25 tackle for losses. I believe that Donald was made somewhere in a chemical lab far, far away by some wacko scientist. I'm not kidding. The man is an alien. He's not of this world. Just look at, just look him up and just check out his tape. He's crazy. Now at the right defensive end spot, I have Nick Bosa, pro bowler, NFL defensive rookie of the year in 2019, younger brother of Joey. This is my other pick for defensive end. Who wouldn't want to have these two brothers lining up alongside each other? Just like his brother, Nick is extremely physical and has an endless motor. Even though he has only one full year under his belt, I am drafting him long-term as my franchise D-end. 2020, he was sidelined for the whole year as he blew out his knee and had ACL surgery. 2019 is his only year so far, and it was a doozy. 32 solo tackles, 15 assisted, 9 sacks, 1 forced fumble, 25 QB hits, and 16 tackle for losses. Bosa is going to come back with a vengeance in 2021, and he's going to come back mad. So that is my D-line core. You talk about just getting in the backfield and just big and mean and angry. Gosh, such a good D-line. If I was a GM, I'd be foaming at the mouth if I had these guys on my D-line. Good God. Okay, now looking at the linebacking group. This also is nuts. At my left outside linebacker, I have TJ Watt, three-time Pro Bowler, NFL Sacks leader in 2020, and youngest of the Watt trio, TJ is one heck of a player. Another talented member of the Watt family, he has amazing pass rushing skills and also is very good in pass coverage. His game is standout, and at the age of 25, he has proved that he is one of the best pass rushing linebackers in the league. I've mentioned him before in a previous episode where his brother JJ felt his his brother TJ should have won NFL Defensive Player of the Year, and rightfully so. In 2020, TJ finished with 43 solo tackles, 10 assisted, 15 sacks, 2 forced fumbles, 41 QB hits, and 23 tackles for loss. Oh, wow. That is insane. One man doing that much is incredible. That and that defense is already good. So him being there, it's next level crazy. Looking at the middle linebacker spot, I have Darius Leonard. Two-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-team All-Pro, NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year in 2018, and the NFL Tackles Leader in 2018. Leonard is one of my favorite linebackers in the league. Known for being a prototypical linebacker, he has the size to hang with tight ends in passing coverage, is one of the best tacklers in the league, and is the leaders of a very good Colts defensive unit. 
Middle linebacker is one of the hardest and toughest positions to play in the NFL, and Leonard has all the skills and capabilities to be extremely effective at that spot. 2018 was his best season where he tallied 111 solo tackles and 52 assisted, over 160 tackles combined. That's crazy. Seven sacks, two interceptions, four forced fumbles, eight QB hits, and 12 tackle for losses. Productive to say the least, Leonard is my day one starting middle linebacker, and it's it's not even close. Now, lining up opposite of TJ Watt, our right outside linebacker. Yes, he's in my division, and it's hard to pick him, but you can't deny how freakishly good he is, is right outside linebacker Von Miller. Eight-time Pro Bowler, NFL Defensive Player of the Year in 2011, Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl MVP, a member of the 100 Sacks Club, Miller was at one point the best edge rusher outside linebacker in the league for a span of two to three years. An extremely athletic defensive end and known for his ability to bend at the line of scrimmage, his raw skills and flexibility are unmatched, and not many can do it like him. It is crazy to see a man of his size, 6'3", 250, and have such quick feet with the balance and control to momentarily pause his footwork and drop bend under any lineman that guards him. For those who don't know what bend is, it is meant to describe how effectively a DN can move his hips back in the direction of the quarterback as they move past an O-lineman. It almost at times seems like Vaughn is going to hit the ground because he is moving so fast. But if you look at that, move that aside, he is capable of doing that while throwing a 300-pound human being out of the way with just his arm. Certified gangster. To give an example of some of his dominance, in 2016, he had 62 solo tackles, 16 assisted, 13 and a half sacks, three forced fumbles, 24 quarterback hits, and 13 tackle for losses. The cornerstone for the Broncos defense, Vaughn has been one of the best to ever do it. There's been speculations that the Broncos don't really want to re-sign him, or they're trying to say it's him, he doesn't want to stay, but if I'm Denver, you need to keep this man. He is so talented. Why would you give up your former first-round pick in 2011? It would be silly to. Keep him there, please. Now, looking at the secondary, we got some nasty names up in here. My number one corner, I would have Marlon Humphrey. The two-time Pro Bowler is one of the few shutdown corners we currently have in the league at just age 24. He has a blend of elite coverage skills and a natural physicality to the game that makes him a standout among all other DBs in the league. He can match up with any team's number one receiver and has no problem taking that responsibility of following that receiver around all game. Coming in at six foot and weighing 197, Humphrey is your prototypical DB. Even though he may be considered small due to his weight, he plays like a vicious dog. In 2019, he totaled 53 solo tackles, 12 assisted, 14 passes defended, two defensive touchdowns, three interceptions, two forced fumbles, and four tackle for losses. The Ravens now have their franchise cornerstone cornerback along with him and Marcus Peters. That is, thinking about that now, I didn't even think about him. That is, that's the best cornerback duel in the league, and it's not even close. Now, second on the depth chart, my second cornerback, I would choose Stephen Gilmore. Four-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champ, NFL Defensive Player of the Year in 2019, in NFL's interception co-leader in 2019, Gilmore is arguably the best corner in the league. 
His career skyrocketed when he joined the New England Patriots in 2018, and he has not looked back. Being selected to three Pro Bowls so far in New England, he only looks to improve even at the age of 30. Through that three-year span in New England, he was the best corner in our league, hands down. The size to match up with big receivers, quick feet, good coverage skills, and much more, Gilmore finally is playing to his true potential in New England. 2019 was a very special year for him as he tallied 44 solo tackles, 9 assisted, 6 interceptions, 20 passes defended, and 2 touchdowns. Gilmore is a special player at that number 1 corner spot, but number 2 on my team, but number 1 on any NFL team. The talented safety group. This was hard to pick because we have some really good safeties in the league. At free safety, I have chosen Justin Simmons, pro bowler and second team all pro. Simmons is one of the most physical safeties we have in the league. There isn't much accolades wise on his career, but he is an animal to say the least. With the ability to play in coverage and lay the hammer down in the run game, Simmons is a talented free safety that every team would love to have. He is a top safety against the run, has great quickness, ability to read and sniff out run plays, excels in cover two, and along with that, he has legit ball skills. His 2020 Pro Bowl season was incredible. 77 solo tackles, 19 assisted, 5 interceptions, 9 passes defended, and 3 tackle for losses. Extremely productive year for him. Simmons is only 27 and looks to improve on a very good 2020 season. The strong safety position, my boy, Derwin James, the last charger on my list. The Pro Bowl strong safety is one of the best in the league only through three seasons. Although he was a standout in his rookie year, 2019 and 2020 were injury-ridden. 2019, he played a total of five games and was dealing with a stress fracture in his right foot. 2020 saw him sideline the whole year due to a torn meniscus. We expected Darwin to be back in 2020 after his foot incident, but that would deem unfortunate results, which was a huge bummer. Even though he's only played one full season, he was arguably the best safety that year. In 2018, he had 75 solo tackles, 30 assisted, 4 tackle for losses, 6 QB hits, 3 interceptions, 13 passes defended, and 3.5 and sacks. Talk about scary. This dude is off the charts good. A physical safety just like Simmons who plays against the run very well, has great ball skills, and also is a very underrated tackler. There are clips of him down in the box on run plays, and he is technically sound on each play. And he just lays the wood, just just smacks the crap out of people. 2020 needs to be a full season from him, or we may lose one of my favorite players and... This is the make or break it for him, dude. This is going to be his fourth year. It's those rookie contracts. Give him four years. This is it, dude. Are you going to get the bag? Are you going to be injured again? Because if he gets injured, I'm telling you, our GM, Tom Telesco, or me as a GM, in this retrospect, I would not keep him. Three seasons you're injured? No, dude. We need you out there producing. So 2021 needs to be a big year for him, and he needs to come back ready to play. All right, so how did I do? Like, that? that's pretty crazy. That defense... Dude, it's going to be in the backfield every day. No doubt. And in the offense, he's just hucking bombs. Herbert is a cannon of an arm to J.J. and Keenan all day. And that run game. Oh, my gosh. I, I'd be I'd be pumped if I was a general manager if I had that team. Good gosh. So next week, 
I'm going to do another edition of it, but I may do basketball and baseball together. I'm not sure. We may just do one of each and save it for another episode, but keeping it familiar with every episode, I'm returning to our segment, The Breakdown. So here it is. Our next player on the breakdown is Adrian Gonzalez, staying local and another San Diego favorite of mine growing up. Adrian Gonzalez, the five-time All-Star, four-time Gold Glover, two-time Silver Slugger, and MLB RBI leader in 2014, was such a legit player, and I just, I'm so bummed that he never got to be a Padre his whole career. Drafted first overall in the 2000 MLB draft by the Florida Marlins. He was then immediately traded to Texas, where he played only two years, and then was traded to San Diego, where he really made a name for himself. Three All-Star selections and two Gold Glove Awards. Sadly, he was then traded to Boston, where he continued some of his success, then was dealt to the NL West rival, the LA Dodgers, boo, where he played the most out of any teams, six seasons on this list, then finally was traded to the Braves, released without playing one game for them, and then ended his career in New York as a Met. Gonzo was an extremely talented infielder with the basic abilities of every first baseman. Solid glove, okay speed, but the ability to hit the ball effectively in each at-bat. His five-year tenure in San Diego was his prime by far, and I actually remember going to games and seeing him play and fanboying over him so hard. Like, he, he was so awesome. In 2005 and 2006, I remember we made it to the National League Division Series back-to-back years, and we lost to St. Louis in both years, but seeing him play alongside with other sick players in San Diego like Brian Giles, Jake Peavy, Trevor Hoffman, and Khalil Green made me a huge San Diego fan from the get-go. Like I mentioned earlier, he spent five years in San Diego but had three all-star selections while he was there. Those three years, he was very productive. In 2008, had a 297 batting average, 36 home runs, 119 RBIs, 172 hits, 361 on-base percentage, 510 slugging, and an OPS of 871. In 2009, he had a 277 average, 40 home runs, 99 RBIs, 153 hits, 407 on-base percentage, 551 slugging, and an OPS of 958. Off the charts, insane numbers. In 2010, he had a 298 average, 31 home runs, 101 RBIs, 176 hits, 393 on-base percentage, 511 slugging, and an OPS of 904. His career year, where he had the most hits, best on-base percentage, and best average, were in Boston the year after he left San Diego. In 2011, he had a 338 batting average. 27 home runs, 117 RBIs, 213 hits, 410 on-base percentage, 548 slugging, and an OPS of 957. Wowie, that is a really good year. His career averages are a 287 average, 317 home runs, 1,202 RBIs, 2,050 hits, a 358 on base percentage, a 485 slugging, and a career OPS of 843. Adrian Gonzalez will always be one of my favorite players. Woo! That is all the time we got for today. Thank you to everyone for listening in this Friday. Next week, we'll have another edition of Teaching Tuesdays and more sports info. Spread the word, please, about the podcast. And thank you for all the continued support and always checking in. I'll catch you all on Tuesday. Later.